This is Aaron Eisenberg. You know me from Star Trek Deep Space Nine as Nog, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Thank you all. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come grab a chair and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. Good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I'm Dave Sellers. And uh, all bets are off because it's just the guys again tonight. Uh, actually, Chrissy might be walking into the diner a little bit later on, she said. And I'm not sure she'll be joining us or not. We're uh, So here's the deal. We're recording on an off night. We're recording a Sunday night, something that I never do. Or we, we've never... Have you ever recorded a Sunday night, Miles? Do you remember? I I, I don't think we ever did. This no, is no, it's first. always other nights of the week. But um, so I, I am... This is my season where I'm coaching a new esports team. And because of the way it's going, um, Tuesdays is, is the day that I'm coaching... Uh, which means that if I were to do the diner, I would get home like at six o'clock, turn around a half an hour later to an hour later and do the diner. And that would give me no family time. So uh, we were juggling around and figuring out other ways that we could potentially uh, push it. So Sunday night this week, and we'll see what happens to another week. So, uh, but it's my fault. I, I take the full blame for that. So I blame you, Scott. Yep. And <laughs> as you should, as you should, I am truly a jerk, um, but that's all right. We'll move on. Miles, you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on in uh, what's on our menu tonight? Let's talk about that. Okay. So we'll first talk about what's going on in our sci fi world. Uh, yesterday, we got uh, some sad news. Uh, Aaron Eisenberg, probably best known for playing Nog on seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, uh, he passed away. So we won't want to remember him. Um, we had a few anniversaries with. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture celebrated its, its 40 year anniversary. So we have a little article about that talked about 10 ways that it, it changed Canon uh, lost in space turned uh, 50 as of last week sometime. And uh, we have uh, some Battlestar Galactica news and some Avengers Endgame news. And we will be sharing our interview with uh, Mr. Anson Mount that uh, uh, David and I got the chance to meet and talk to a little at uh, shore leave, but also um, Scott, Myself and Kristen had a chance to do a nice interview with them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and we'll also be talking Bright, too, for those of you who watch Bright on Netflix. And we have some news about Marvel buying uh, Spider-Man again. So we'll talk about that all in this show, all tonight on The Diner. This is what we're going to be serving up. Well, I believe we're going to start here first by what is going on in our science fiction world. And... Uh, Miles, you have quite the list. Why don't we have you go first, and then Dave, and then I'll uh, wrap up in sharing what is going on in our science fiction universe. 
Well, my list is a little shorter than usual because there's not a lot of new material out there. So I've been doing a lot of rewatch and maybe watching some sci-fi that I never had a chance to see before. I'm watching Outlander. Um, I was watching on Netflix. They only have the first two seasons on the streaming, but you could rent the DVDs. So I'm renting the DVDs. I'm doing one at a time. Young Justice wrapped up uh, its season. That was enjoyable. I'm watching uh, Titans. Titans is back for a second season on the DC streaming channel. Uh, what, this is not sci-fi. It's more fantasy. But uh, watched Wu Assassin on Netflix. It's kind of a martial arts fantasy uh, uh, show. We're watching uh, some um, superhero movies with my niece. Uh, we rewatched we re- re- uh, Justice League last time she was over. Um, just for the fun of it, I rewatched Deadpool just before it left HBO. I lo- Deadpool 2, I, th- I love that movie. Uh, it's There's some things wrong with it, but there's some things so right with it. And so I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm still reading the Stargate novel, um, Infiltration, by Susanna Parker Sennard. Um yeah, that's, that's what's going on in my sci-fi world. Fantastic. You know, uh, you're talking about uh, the streaming services and watching into that. Uh, does that. Do anyone, like, I've been hearing a lot of good things come out about the Disney streaming service, about what they're going to be offering. Is that on anyone's radar? Are you guys thinking, like, oh, let's Disney service? I want to subscribe to another service, and Disney just might be it. Yeah. I would, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would consider it. I'd probably, I'd probably drop something for a while. Because it's, you know, it's getting, you know, it's just getting expensive to keep subscribing to other streaming services. But I would definitely, because it's going to have Star Wars material. It's going to have Marvel material. Yeah, I would, you know, so it it, it definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely drawing me. Dave, how about you? Is it uh, attracting you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even, even the Disney Now app that's out now it kind of has their big catalog from their their television networks. Um, one of the things I started doing, I don't know if it was this weekend or last weekend, I can't remember, but I started uh, trying to catch up from on season four of Star Wars Rebels on uh, it was on Disney XD, I guess. Um, it's the only season they have on there, so I'm hoping with you know with Disney Plus, I'll watch the whole thing from start to finish. But if they are now that they own the whole Star Wars universe, I'm hoping they put the Clone Wars on kind of in the way that it should be watched. You know, and I'd, I would love to try to go through that again. So, yeah, Disney Disney's going to be one I'm picking up. Yeah. Do you, did, uh, and, and I'm thinking about it. I mean, if it is a Marvel catalog, it has the Star Wars catalog and even the Disney catalog. I mean, what? Yeah. there's a lot there. There's yeah, a lot, and, and there's a lot it, there that I enjoy. You know, with my, yeah. I think about my family. It's a, not just for me as a geek, but even beyond that as a family, this is something that's interesting. Oh, right. My, my daughter watches the Disney Now app constantly. You know, she would, with having more available to her, she would, prying that tablet out of her fingers you can have the tablet when you pry it out of my dead hands oh dead hands <laughs> yeah um do, do you guys know uh like uh what's it going to be running at do we know what the price tag is of it i think it was like eight bucks a month yeah that's what i thought but i didn't know, if, you know as we get closer and do we know when the launch what launch of it is when it's coming down the pike that i don't, I don't know, know. I, I, yeah i don't know the date 
Um, yeah. On that same line, did you guys have you guys seen uh, Regal Cinemas Movie Pass? Oh yeah, uh, there's their service they're doing. So what? To explain this to me because I I've not seen it. So, uh, so Miles so there, got it. I do not. So educate educate me and the audience. There's there's three tiers of level that you can buy. Um, in our area, you'd have to buy the mid tier because that'll give you access to all every. Well, that'll give you all the access to everything in our in our local area on top of Pennsylvania. But the three levels are split up basically as to how heavy um, the market is in the area you're living in. Okay, got it. So if you would go to somewhere like New York, DC, one of those big heavy heavy markets you'd have to pay get the top tier subscription but it allows it's one ticket it's like the mid tier is like $22 a month but you go see however many movies you want whenever you want you end up getting 10% off of concessions you get those special stuff like on your birthday or what have you vip um preference in, in in tickets and seating sales so if you're somebody who goes to the movies a lot and you go to have a regal cinema nearby it would almost be worth every penny oh yeah absolutely because you think i mean all you need to do is go see two movies and you already paid for the more. ticket ready yep. for the ticket and uh i mean the the and honestly where movie theaters are really making money is at concessions it's not really at yep. the uh it's not with the movies themselves so yep. they aren't really losing and, out I know we went to see Toy Story 4 about a mile forever ago here, whenever it came out, at the Regal Cinema here with my wife, myself, and my daughter on an afternoon matinee. And it was between that and, and the little bit of concessions we got, it was 60 bucks easy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's expensive to go to the movies yeah. today. Yeah. I thought what you were going to say was that Regal was going to offer like a streaming service where you could stream new movies coming out from your home for a certain price. I'll just wait. That, that 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 has to be coming down the pike. Uh, it is. It will. It will. However, if if they go that route, it will cut. It, it will. It will cut into theaters. Theaters will become a thing of the past if we do that. Well, they will. And, and and that's why I don't think they'll ever do it, though. Yeah. You think? No, I, I just 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 for business alone. I mean, we already. It was already said they make a, probably most of their profits from their concessions. I mean. I paid seven twenty five for a Coke slushy, a large <laughs> last night. Uh, I saw Rambo, not 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 exactly sci fi, but um, you know this is something you probably spend two dollars at your your local uh, convenience store. So, right. uh, it, so yeah, I, I I don't just just for that alone, it would put them out of business if they if they do that. Yeah, absolutely. But still, I was Rambo. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to ask a question, so thank you, Dave. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. It was enjoyable. Um, great action, great violence. Story was so-so. I thought the story from the, f- the last film that, that they made probably about 10 years was better. But it was enjoyable, and you know, it was kind of hinting that he may be hanging it up, but it's, you know, if this, if this movie makes money, you know, there could be another Rambo. Right, right, right. And they ended the last one so perfectly 
there was no need to reopen this again, yeah. but I can't wait to see it. Oh, me neither. It's what I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but it is one that I will definitely see because come on, I talk about eighties and nineties nostalgia. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring- and, and for, and for a lot of that alone, it's, you know, it's very, you know, I, I could have waited till it came out as a rental or streaming, but you know, me and a friend wanted to go see it. And so we did. And uh, he's also indoctrinating his, his uh, teenage son in, the, the wonderful Rambo movies. And so we, you know, so, so, so that's what we did, but yeah, what, what you're talking about this, this regal service they're offering, I guess, to try to get more people in the movie theaters, you know, if, if you're a person that sees, thinks you're going to see at least one or two movies a month. Um, yeah, this would be worth it. I don't think it would be worth it for me, but um, maybe other people that th- this would help them save a little money. If this is something they do often. Well, yeah. I mean, again, you only have to see two movies a month to make that worth it. Yeah, my opinion, exactly. Because you're over, because suddenly you're over that. And if you mm-hmm. go in and you're disciplined, you don't buy anything else, you're good. Yeah. I'm waiting for Penn Cinema to do that. Let's get Penn Cinema on board with this. Yeah. I, I, I would be for that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Penn. <laughs> oh, so we're, I, I did look up um, the Disney Channel is supposed to open um, a premiere November the 12th and the. The monthly rate is six ninety nine. Nice. I you know I don't see why I won't subscribe. I really don't. So. Yeah, me me, me also. So. I don't I don't. And I'm only subscribed right now. I'm subscribed. I'm, oh hey. <laughs> we had uh, we Chrissy just joined us on the diner. Welcome to the diner. Hi Chrissy. Hey, and who else do we have with us? This is Robert. Hey Robert, welcome to the diner. Hey. Hello Robert. Hello. Hey. Uh, good. So we have just been uh, we were we have just been talking about what's going on in our sci-fi world. So we're right at the beginning here, Chrissy. Awesome. So uh, Dave was about to share what was going on in his sci-fi world, and then if you want to think about it, you guys want to think about it, then you can uh, tell us what's going on in your science fiction worlds, and we will uh, we'll talk. Okay. Right. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Uh, nothing really that new. Um, I guess a little bit ago I was started watching season four of star Wars rebels. Cause I missed that when it aired. Um, but I did watch in completion, the boys on Amazon. And wow. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Especially the way you guys were talking about this before and you weren't too sure. Yeah. I got to check it out. Oh no, <laughs> I, I fell into this thing. I saw, Absolutely, I, 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 I saw rumors that this is people are saying that this is the best Marvel's TV series that's out there. That's what yeah. I, that's what I that's what I heard. I mean, I haven't watched it, obviously, but well, you, you're, you're so in well overwhelmed over the last how many years of your superhero movies where, where the good guys really are the good guys. They got the superpowers and they are truth, justice, all is right. The good old American way. And you're seeing these guys now who really to me is more of a reflection of what it would really be like if people had extra human abilities, you know, they're owned by a corporation. They're being used to make money for this thing. They're not good people. I, yeah, it was great. 
it was great. I can't wait for season. All right. Yeah. And they are making a season two, right? I did, I did oh, yeah. see rumors of that coming down the pike. Yeah. So what else is, uh, are you reading anything, Dave? Uh, the only thing I'm listening to right now, it's not sci-fi, but, uh, the book's called backlash. Um, it's written by, uh, Brad Thor. Um, anybody who likes kind of spy mystery novels, Brad Thor has always knocked him out of the park. This is just his latest one. Yeah. Yeah. I read one Brad Thor novel on vacation last year or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I forget which one it was. They're all good. Yeah. See, it's, yeah. They're I, all I, great. Yeah. So it was just kind of candy for me, but yep. Chrissy, what's going on in your science fiction world? Um, so for me, I watched some, no, I didn't share that. I watched the Umbrella Academy. I'm trying to think of the last time I shared, um, finished Clan of the Cave Bear, have been listening to Dracula. I got about halfway through it because my trip is, it's about a 16 hour, um, audiobook. My trip was about eight hours out to Michigan. So is that where you're at right now? Yeah. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So and I watched The Dark Crystal. Okay, good. And what did you think of The Dark Crystal? Dark Crystal? It was pretty good, actually. Um, most of it was very well done, very well written, surprisingly, considering that the uh, original movie was a little little shaky, you know. Um, we both thought the last episode was a little little bit of a letdown because the battle kind of didn't culminate in anything, but other than that, it was really good. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> And did you, did you guys watch the, uh, I saw they had the making of documentary on Netflix as well. Did you guys check that out? Yeah. I watched a little bit of it. Did you? No, I just read some stuff about it. Um, I thought it was interesting that like, even though they were still using a lot of the practical effects, even the practical effects themselves have evolved since like 1982. Right. So it was talking about how they were using like Wii controllers to control the eye movements and stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool because the faces themselves were really expressionable, even though in some ways they were also very stiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So All right. I liked the overall plot <clears throat> yeah. and the character development, although some of the character development was a little bit weird. <laughs> like one character like did like a 180 in like five minutes, I felt. I was like, oh. yeah. So, Bob, I gather you are associated with this fine young lady sitting beside you. Bob, tell us just a little. This is your first time on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Tell us a little bit about your interests in science fiction or in that world. Uh, I did. I did. I did hear that you're kind of into games as well. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And uh, and then we'd like to find out a little bit about what's going on in your sci-fi world as well. Well, let's see. I have always been into science fiction and fantasy pretty much right from the very start of my life. I've been playing games forever. You know, my dad gave me an Atari when I was a toddler. Um, and he was really into it, too. He played Dungeons & Dragons back in the 70s when it came out. So um, I've just been going with the stuff for the longest time. I actually got my degree in game design uh, wow. from Michigan State. So, wow. Yeah. Um, and let's see. What have I been doing recently? I mean, we've been doing a lot of MMOs. We played through Shadowbringers. Um for Final Fantasy XIV. We've been playing a lot of other online games, too. Um, let's see. What else am I doing? World of Warcraft? Oh. You've been working on one. Yeah, I've been working on a, I've been working on a huge document for a game of my own devising, so right. that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, so, but you can't tell us anything about it yet, right? Not quite, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us, have to kill us, one of those things. Got it. Uh, well, uh, in my sci-fi world, a um, little bit of what was going on, I'm trying to think of what the last thing I watched. It was kind of science fiction. It was probably with Kiefer. Um, and uh, I did not watch all of The Dark Crystal. I watched a little bit of The Dark Crystal. Wow, I'm blanking. Uh, I've been very busy. So the uh, talking about games, I've been playing... Um, I've been coaching in, uh, an Overwatch team, an esports team, an Overwatch team at our school, um, and that's a new experience. So it's been ramping up, and one of the reasons we're recording Sunday is because for the past two, three weeks, uh, we've been coaching that. Um, and uh, yeah, if you if you hear Dave snickering in the background, it's because Chrissy just whacked her head on a shelf back in the uh, on, in the room she's in. So. <laughs> He's trying to hold his crap together, but um, that, <laughs> he's not doing a very good job. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm doing is I, I, I'm always reading science fiction. So I'm working my way through the book four in the um, Expeditionary Force series, um, Black Ops. And uh, it's a phenomenal series. I've talked about it on the show before. It's kind of a space uh, military science fiction. Uh, but the guy, the central character is kind of bumbles into being the captain or one of the lead people on this ship that he's on. And the guy that, and the other thing that really runs a ship is, is this AI. That's an app. They, they call the, the AI. He's this AI is an absolute like a hole. Like literally he's a jerk. Um, and so the banter, the reason that I continue to read it is primarily because the AI is so damn funny. Um, and the story's good too, so don't get me wrong. The story's great and it's a compelling story, but the character of the AI just absolutely sells me on it. And it's his interaction with the characters and them trying to get themselves out of situation. And um, it, it's fun. It's funny. It's, it's a fun story. So Expeditionary Force is a series, and I'm on book four. It's it's called Black Ops, I believe. Um, so insane, insanely insane fun for me, but. All right, well, let's move into our, our news tonight. And uh, so, uh, obviously, this is probably foremost on everyone's mind if you've been watching the news today and yesterday. Miles, why don't you tell, introduce us to us a little bit? Yeah, so uh, sadly, we lost uh, Aaron Eisenberg. Uh, he played Nog uh, from Star Trek D Space Nine. Um, his widow reports uh, yesterday, uh, he, he was 50. Uh, this is what she said. He was an intelligent, humble, funny, em- empathetic soul. That uh, and her, his wife's name was, was Melissa Longo. Uh, there'll no, never be another light like Aaron's. The beauty that he was and the legacy he leaves behind is beyond words. I love him dearly and will miss him eternally. At the moment, I'm not sure how to do life without him. Eisenberg's death, cause of death, was not released. The actor had received uh, two kidney transplants. Most recently, in 2015, StarTrek.com had reported. Um, so. Yeah, uh, we, we unfortunately uh, we lost him. Um, Scott, you and I had a chance to, to meet him at, at, at Shore Leave last year, which I'm really glad we did. He gave us a really good interview. We had a nice conversation with him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we released uh, the interview with him and Wallace Shawn, who p- both played Ferengi on Deep Space Nine, and it was absolutely a fabulous two-part interview, and he certainly gave us a great interview as part of that. And one of the funniest people you would meet, and just so... He loved the fans immensely. 
And uh, that's when I when I was thinking back, like his, he kept popping into my head today a little bit when I saw it on Facebook because Facebook was just littered with, you know, people remembering him. And uh, I was, you know, I was really, uh, it really made me, you know, think number one how fleeting he was only fifty years old. So, you know, I, I, I'm way closer to that than I care to think. So, yeah, you, you know, and me both, pal. Yeah, you're closer, just to be fair, but no, <laughs> not by much. Don't remember. Yeah. Not by much, so. Yeah, so. Yeah. And he had, on D-Space 9, he had one of the, I don't want to say the best, because a lot of them had great, tremendous character arcs, but he had a very, he had a very, very good, tremendous arc throughout the show, from where his character started to where his character ended. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, in, he, he's in one, in one of the, a, a favorite episode, uh, it's uh, A Paper Moon, that a lot of fans think is one, one of the really good ones. Um he did a really good episode on you know effects of PTSD that uh, you know, a lot of people in the military appreciated. So yeah, it's 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 sad that we lost him. Yeah, Dave, Chrissy, any thoughts? Ah, uh, he was a cool guy to meet. I'm I'm yeah, gonna be honest really... with you. Oh, this is actually no, good. the first I've heard of it because oh, okay. yesterday I was I spent all day traveling and today I was more resting. Ah. Oh. Bob, Bob, did you hear about it? I did not. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So again, he, he was he, he did other stuff, but I mean, mm-hmm. most people know him as Nog in, uh, in Star Trek, and that's just been the uh, um. And the thing that I remember is like uh, he he was just so accessible to the fans. You go to a convention, yeah. and he was he was just right there, and I think that's what that sticks out to me. He shot at anybody up who came by to talk to him. Oh, and he, and he, I mean, he, he, and he would engage he would. him in a passionate oh, yeah. conversation, you know? Oh, yeah. It wasn't just platitudes. It was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes engaging in spirited discussions about, you know, whether this, this is a good show or not. It was, it was great. I mean, it was, so if you were a fan and if you had a, and if you had a mum with him, you were, you were blessed because, you know, it was a very sincere, very heartfelt. Yeah, absolutely. So no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anything else you want to say about Aaron, other than just to remember him tonight? Uh, on uh, Star Trek Online, a lot of players they're doing some kind of they, they did some kind of ceremony, some kind of uh, memorial for him on Star Trek Online. Um, I mean, in the virtual world now, you could do that now in a lot of these these uh, platforms. And so, yeah, social media is still, you know taking time to remember him and just, uh, you know, just try, you know, to just commemorate him. Yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, if you go to our Facebook page, I did, we did reshare the links to the interview or you can just go to our website or go to our, our, our uh, iTunes and it'll be there. If you want to hear our discussion with Aaron Eisenberg to kind of, uh, remember him in that way. But, <clears throat> All right, so let's move into some other news here. Um, we, uh, I saw news today that Marvel is looking at buying Spider-Man back from Sony. Anyone see that news story pop through? I did not, but I, 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 am, I am hopeful that they, they do so. I, I, the idea of Sony getting their hands back on Spider-Man um, doesn't, doesn't give me a lot of hope for the franchise. I don't think Sony did the best job with it, so... Mar- no. Marvel, Marvel will do right by it if they get it again. Yeah, they've been so much yeah. better with the recent movies. It's just it's going to be a disaster, I think. 
leave Sony have it for a little while. Just for a little while. And Disney just start releasing everything they can around the release of their next little Spider-Man movie. Since they can't pull anything from the Avengers universe into it while Sony's playing it. Drive it, mark it down, and Disney can buy them back for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, or we could just not be about the Spider Man. We could just not. Right. And just let right. Disney have it. <sighs> yeah. I feel like. Well, after what they did with Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> so the article that I have, this is from We Got It Covered. It's uh, Disney. It says this just says Disney's considering buying Spider Man back from Sony. Um, and what they say is um, they've been hearing talks about the two studios aren't completely dead yet. That there might be hope for them to come to a new deal, meaning we might see Spider-Man remain an Avenger and continue to swing around the MCU. Um, we know that uh, they said they also know that the mouse house is definitely serious about getting Spidey back according to our trusted sources. The same ones he told us Marvel was developing a She-Hawk and a Miss Marvel show well before they were officially announced. So She-Hawk. Yeah, wow. no. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, from what we understand, the figure that Sony has in mind for a full buyout of the route rights is $10 billion. Uh, but Disney has no intention of paying that. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, no. Yeah. No need. They have no. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they need to. I think, I think Sony needs Disney more than uh, the other way around. So. But Sony should just do what they. I mean, I guess they were kind of renting Spider-Man out to Marvel for these last few movies that we saw him in, and I think that probably worked the best for Sony. They can still profit from Spider-Man by having some ownership, but if as long as they're not making the movies and telling the story, then uh, it's gonna it'll, it'll kill the franchise like it did before. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Miles, uh, we had news this week that uh, another Battlestar Galactica coming down the pike. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, so um, Dayton Ward posted this on his page uh, last week, and that was kind of news, but what was even bigger news is that NBC is is on the bandwagon doing its own uh, streaming service. Like, we need another one. Right. Um, Not subscribing. Yeah, it, it... and so they plan on launching it April of next year. And then this new Battlestar, whatever it is, would, uh, I guess, be one of the new shows on it. But then news broke out later that um, it is Battlestar Galactica, but it's not a reboot. So when the news broke that Mr. Robot creator Sam uh, uh, Esmail, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, um, was working on a new version of, of Battlestar Galactica for NBC's upcoming streaming service, Peacock. A word spread around the internet that it would be a reboot of the series originally conceived by Glenn Larson, then later remade by Robert Ronald D. Moore. And although details of the upcoming show are, are scarce, mostly because it's, it's in the nascent stages of development, Esmail has taken this to social media to set the record straight. His BSG will not be a rebooting of Moore's version from the 2000s. So it'll be a different series, is what they're basically saying. Yeah. Um, so, we, so I, it sounds like it, it might be more like kind of, kind of like more like the original, the original one, but 
with today's technology and sensibilities making it maybe. Yeah. Well, so I don't know how I feel about this. It seems like they're trying to, they're trying to follow the CBS formula with uh, Star Trek. What, what, what CBS is trying to do is Star Trek with discovery. And now the Picard uh, series coming out, they're trying to grab something that was fairly well known, had a decent degree of popularity and a following and uh, do this with Battlestar Galactica. Um, I'm not sure that it has the same power that Star Trek does, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Battlestar Galactica, the classic and, and the one that uh, Ron Moore gave us. But it's, yeah, I, I would definitely not. I mean, it, as far as top, top sci-fi series of all time, it might be in the top 10, but I wouldn't say it's in the top five. Um, I would put Stargate, Stargate shows closer to the top five than, than that, but I guess they saw it, it had success back in the two thousands. And so, um, that's why they're trying. Yeah, maybe. Uh, what, what are the rest of you? What do you, what do you think about this? I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like people constantly focusing on the things that have already been done. I kind of want to see some more original Curious. Yeah, what's up with all this imitation? Yeah. Yeah. Where's where's the creativity? Where's the new stuff? Yeah. Great question. Why are we recycling <laughs> things endlessly? Do they not have new ideas? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's a different story set in the same universe, but at the same time, I'm like, I kind of want, like, I like new things. It's too much of a risk in a lot of cases. Mm. It is. And with nothing able to actually have the time to to cook and develop and pan out without succumbing to immediate cancellation if ratings aren't top out of the bag. Yeah. You know, you know you're probably There's right. There's no patience like it used to be. Yeah. I think you're right, Dave, about that. You know, we, we don't give series times to really germinate and build. Uh, we, you know, you, we could have said that same thing when we talked about Terminator the other week, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. You know, it was a series that certainly was developing its own, but really was canceled before it had a lot of time to really develop its own legs. And, um, you know, you know, we say that, but on the other hand, Discovery has uh, has gotten a lot of positive attention out of it. Um, and certainly there's a lot of a, uh, of a buzz about Picard. And I think the flip side of that, if we want to see stories in these universes that we, that we love, that we've read, like many, many people get into the expanded universe novels, uh, both in Star Wars and in Star Trek. And so if we can get more series in these worlds, uh, hopefully with fresh stories and not just reboots, um, that's not all bad either. But I, but it's not. You're right. They're not original stories. On the flip side, the advantage of a a show on streaming is it's less dependent upon ratings and more dependent upon subscribers. Right. So if they can get the subscribers, yeah. Which makes me really excited to see what they do with the Orville now this season. Oh, with Hulu, the Hulu. Uh huh. Yeah, that won't be out till next year, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's out next year, but we'll see. Um, and then the other piece of news we had is, um, I guess, other than uh, we have some other things here about some series that hit 50 years or movies that hit 50 years or at least um, 
30 years or so. Um, Battlestar Galactica, we said we just talked about that, but Bright 2 is in development. Uh, this, of course, was a Netflix series that was Will Smith. Uh, came out, I guess, last year, maybe even. Maybe it was, maybe it's been after that. But did any of you uh, folks watch Bright when it was on uh, Netflix? I did not. Did not. Yeah. I didn't. My brother kept trying to get me to watch it and said I would really like it and enjoy it, but I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood for because it sounded really silly. Yeah, so, I was in the mood for silliness. Yeah. So I watched the uh, first episode, or I don't know if it was it a movie or an episode, episodic thing. I don't even remember anymore. But um, I watched the first part of it, and it definitely, uh, definitely messages of social justice with, um, you know, how we treat people that are different than us. It, it reminded me a little bit of Carnival Row Miles, okay. uh, the new Amazon series. Um, where there's like factions, there's like orcs, there's elves, and there's humans. They all kind of live in the city. So there's a lot of interracial um, themes that are kind of running through it. And Will Smith, of course, is playing uh, the human, and he has he's partnered up with someone that's, I believe, an orc. I, I could be wrong. It's, it really sounds like I'm talking about War of Warcraft here, so we'll just pretend that's what it's really about, <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah. Um, they're all running around and there's, then there's, then there's a Taran that comes lumbering. I'm just kidding. There's no Tarns in it. <laughs> oh, <come laughs> I know. Um, but you know, it's, it's, um, it, 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 it must've done well enough for them to put out another series on it. So, and Good. to get, and to get Will Smith signed back on. So. He's not, he's not cheap these days. Yeah. I don't know. I, he hasn't, has he done anything real spectacular recently? Maybe he's a little bit cheaper now. Aladdin. That, oh, that's that, that, true. Um, he's in a new sci-fi movie. We don't right. count that. We don't acknowledge that movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> all right. All right. The movie which shall not be named. Yes. But he is, I, he's in a new movie coming out um, where he plays this cop and then he's going after this guy and what he, what he ends up seeing, it's a younger version of himself. So it kind of Kind of has a cloning type uh, thing they're exploring in that. So that, our time travel? Hmm? No, no, it's because they inter- they show them interacting in the trailer. So I, I think I think they're I think it's it, it, they're dealing with cloning in there. Okay. Yeah, it's it's about cloning. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I, I actually haven't seen that trailer yet, so I might have to check it out. Okay. So. Well, very good. So that's coming out. And we do have final numbers. Avengers Endgame finally stopped running in theaters this past week. And uh, let me uh, give you a little bit of information about how the numbers ended up stacking up. Um, actually, if I can find it, I thought I had it open. I must have shut it down. But um, So... Let me just look this up real quick. I'm going to pause the show here just because I don't want to be speaking out my butt here. Oh, I'm so tempted to say something. Yeah, I'm sure you As are. As opposed you to when. You jerk. Uh, um, I'm not having to see it on camera. We're okay. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to keep this all on the show. So. All right, so uh, three out of five English. Yeah, so here's the story: (laughs) Avengers Endgame uh, is currently the highest-grossing movie of all time, Um, and it ended its run at 20 weeks, 140 days. Um, Avengers its closed domestic release on September 12th. 
Um, so here are the way the numbers stack up. Um, it the domestic gross fell behind Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So, uh, with a difference of about seventy-eight million, uh, but Endgame is ahead of Avatar, which earned uh, uh, what was ahead of it. So, um, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it worldwide, Avengers: Endgame ended with a c- total of two billion seven hundred ninety-six million, um, ba- basically, and uh, that put it ahead of Avatar by about six point five million. When you said the highest grossing of all time, is that adjusted for inflation so, in comparison to Gone with the Wind, which I believe yeah. still holds the title with inflation? So they um, did not adjust. Let me see. Did they, did they adjust the uh, worldwide for inflation? Um, let me see what they say here. Um. They did not adjust. They adjusted the domestic, but not the worldwide. So, okay, so we're worldwide numbers, as far as actual, not adjusting for inflation, uh, it puts it at number one. So whatever. So, but it's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, and they they did that little re-release that didn't bring a re-release that didn't bring in a lot of money, but it did. Uh, do it a little bit but all right why don't we move into miles why don't you take us into the 10 way star trek the motion picture change trek canon forever so in celebration of star trek the motion picture's 40th anniversary uh it it, it made an appearance in a lot of movie theaters across the country maybe even worldwide but uh um this the sci-fi channel's um web web uh article uh, uh Blaster posted this article about how it changed canon. I don't think it changed canon so much as it added to it, maybe evolved it. Um, and and we're, we're talking about 10 years after the the TV series had ended, but it came up with a, a list of uh, items that, 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 that changed from the movie to the, uh, from the TV series. All right. All right, so um, all right, so Miles, uh, we have this list of ten things here. Why don't we just start at uh, number ten, and we'll just kind of uh, round robin it. And, uh, uh, since you guys are way more familiar with the show, I, I maybe uh, I, at least I know Dave and Miles are Chrissy and and, and Bob. I don't know about you. I, I know some of the stuff, but I know that you guys know well way better. Let's just run down through the list, and then you guys can comment on each item if you want. Okay. You want to start with number 10? Yeah, start with number 10, and I'll take number 9, and then Dave can take 8, and Chrissy 7, Bob 6, and we can go down through. Okay. So number 10, uh, what changed uh, in from the motion picture? Uh, wearable communicators. Um, we In the TV show, we had the, you know, the, 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 like the flip phone style that probably inspired the flip phone style cell phone, but they tried wearable communicators in the – like wristband watches it only lasted in their first film after that they went back to uh, the uh, flip phone style communicator okay so we're not talking about the communicators that were like on the lapel where they just tap yeah the, in the movie uh, everybody everybody's had these uh, wristbands and on the, that everybody had a communicator that way okay yep. all right 
So I get number nine, which is like Chekhov's new job. And I don't even know what his new job is. You're going to have to fill me in because I don't remember from the movie. Tactical officer. Oh, okay. Tactical and security. Yep. Okay. And what was he before? He was a navigator. Navigator. Okay. Uh, he sat with Sulu. Um, but then they, this is where we had the, the, the uh, Delton woman. She was no, you know, she was bald headed. Um, she was a new navigator on for the movie. Okay. Very good. Go ahead, Dave. Wormholes. Trek style. Okay. So what does this mean? Uh, it's the first time you're brought into the idea of a wormhole, um, which has had changed completely throughout um, throughout Trek. I mean, this this one was generated by the ship itself with a with a goofy uh, intermix ratio out of alignment in their warp drive when they kicked it into gear and uh, could have blown up the ship. Um, but later on, they kind of changed the whole premise into almost like a tunnel a passageway. So something different. Oh, very good. All right, Chrissy, go ahead. Number seven. Um, Trek Starship, Starship Tradition. Um, it has been a really long time since I saw that movie. So I'm trying to rack my brain and remember exactly what that even is. It, it well, what they did was uh, the transporters were down, so Kirk and Scotty took a, a shuttlecraft ride and around the Enterprise, and so that was we kind of see that as a tradition from the movies and even some of the TV series uh, taking a shuttlecraft ride around, you know, around the ship. So this was like the first time that they had done that in Star Trek. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. That's where that comes from. All right. Very good. All right, go ahead, Bob. Look at the USS Enterprise. Well, yeah, I mean, so so what what did change about that during the uh, debut of the movie? Oh, she got all new curves, <laughs> all new details inside. Yeah, you know the model was different. They updated it a little bit, didn't they? Yeah, they updated it for a refit. The model in the Smithsonian, is that the original one or the model from this movie? That's the original from the TV show. Yeah, okay. TV show. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. All right, uh, Miles, it's you. Uh, the Planet Vulcan. So with a, t- with a movie budget, they were able to do much more to make Vulcan look like more like an alien planet. Uh, you, you saw from orbit... Um, active volcanoes and it, it, it was from a TV show. It was kind of the generic alien planet they had in, in throughout the series with it, what they use for Vulcan. But in this, they, they, they'll do more to make it look alien and more desert like and make it look like it was, a, it was a hot planet to live on. Um, the, the directors, the new directors edition, they put out in the early two thousands. They, they they put more visual effects to to to, to um, embellish and maybe enhance those effects a little more. So that that was a big change. You saw, you know, Vulcan looked cooler in the movie. So uh, the one that I had, there are a couple in here that are repeated. So one that's not in the list that's on the original list is Spock's amazing spacesuit. Tell me about this one. 
(laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so he decides to go for a little walkabout um, with a jetpack. And, I mean, it was pretty cool. The suits actually looked a little more, you know, a little more doable other than, like, tinfoil and chicken wire, like the original series ones looked like. Um, But it actually made it look like an actual space suit. And then you strap on a rocket pack and, hey, you're golden. Well, that's cool, and uh, and then the uh, the next one here, uh, Dave. I don't know if it's uh, they, they they're, they're numbered here. Let me uh, fix this one for you. All right, there. It says number four, but ignore the number four. So number three. Go ahead, Dave. Number four. Oh, the Starfleet insignia and new uniforms. Yeah, those were kind of funky. Um, <laughs> Did you like them or not? They they are generally one of my favorite, and I'm still waiting to see Scott in the Admiral Kirk uniform from Motion Picture, like oh, we were what? supposed to get <laughs> the pantsuit or whatever it is. The one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe they they changed the colors. The the color scheme of the uh, gold, red, and blue disappeared, and it went to more blue, tan, and kind of like an orangey color. It looked like, um. The insignia, though, and I don't know, there's argument about this constantly, but somewhere in between that insignia that they're wearing on their shirt, which when you watch the original series, every ship had a different had a different badge of an insignia. And after the after the, you know, when it came to the movies, it looked like all of Starfleet adopted that same insignia. Um the Star Trek Continues group kind of really made that, uh, kind of told that tale a little bit, I think. But, yeah, it changed a little bit. You got a little ring around it, around the Delta Shield. And, yeah, the uniforms were not the best year you'll see in Star Trek, but <laughs> certainly not the worst year. You, you don't see many people cosplaying those um, forms. Okay. I'm waiting to get a pattern. I got to find a pattern for it. I will do it. You will okay. Do it. All right. And you're going to make me, you're going to make me one, right? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chrissy, the uh, number two. The new Klingons. And to be perfectly honest, the Klingon look has changed a lot over the years. All the time. Yeah. All yeah. The time. They, they have got to be the fastest evolving race. In the whole franchise, and they're evolving backwards through time because they go back and do prequels. <laughs> I, know, I know it's uh, it's fantastic. Maybe they're like different different like strains of Klingon. Maybe like the DNA yeah, split. You know what? Maybe maybe they. I mean, I guess maybe like if they were watching movies about us, they'd be like, "Wait a minute, they're not pale. Now they're dark, and who knows?" Someone had written at one point an article in a mag. I think it was in a magazine or something about that. And they wrote, they made the argument that it's the Klingon Empire. They conquered so many other worlds. So the ones without the lobsters on their heads you saw in the nineteen in the TV show back, the original TV show, were just a different race that were conquered and brought into the Empire. Meanwhile, the ones later on who looked like you know aging Grateful Dead rock stars with lobsters on their heads, you know, were more of your 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 Klingon Prime race. And beyond that and so forth. But it was, it was an interesting take that I didn't really think about. 
So they were I mean, try, they're trying to explain the deviances. Well, right. in, in some ways, it'd be nice if they did explain the deviances because, and maybe start putting it in some of the other races that we see. Because I mean, I mean, look at humans; we don't all have the exact same sort of thing going on. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting it, to like they, explore different races within alien species. Unless they deviate way too much. Well, yeah. well, how do you know they try to... alien race should be? <laughs> they they tried explaining it in Enterprise, um, but I Discovery I guess didn't take a part of any of that. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, Discovery had that episode, the two part. It was a three part episode where, um, after the after the episode with the augments, uh, the Klingons managed to steal some of this human augment mm-hmm. DNA and try it on themselves. And then what they end up doing is causing this this virus that um, makes them, you know, well, it it, 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 it gives them augmented uh, powers and abilities, but then it kills them. So the, the compromise was the cure was was to if you if you had the virus, we can cure you, but it's going to take away your Klingon head ridges and make you look human. And that it was it was okay since they that's that's the one they went with. I mean, the, the probably the best explanation is. Was is from Worf in that D Space Nine episode, where, where he says, um, "They those are Klingons. It happened a long time ago, and we don't talk about it with outsiders." <laughs> they should have left it ambiguous like that, but right, they did. Right. I mean, Gene Roddenberry just, "Hey, we're, we're we're filming a movie now. I have I have a lot of money. I, I I have a makeup and prosthetics budget. I could you know I could really do what I want here, and that's that's all it ever was." It, we the fans have read so much into it. Why the why are the Klingons look different now? And that's that's all it ever was was just hey we got we got we got some money here we can we can let's do something with it. Yeah. Let's do something with it. Yeah. So yeah. And Bob, that's take a great us, philosophy to take. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Bob, take us into the last one here. All right. So the music. The score for the motion picture is composed by Jerry Gold. So why was this a, uh, uh, a, a trendsetter for our league, a, a change in the Star Trek direction? That I wish too. I remember because I wasn't alive. I mean, uh, for one thing, the, the music was very iconic, but it was kind of cheesy in the original series. Um, I think maybe this is starting to kind of upgrade it, you know? Right. Based on what I remember of, of the movie. Yeah. And the, the underlying tune in the motion pictures movie went through the rest of Star Trek, with the exception of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. But, yeah. Well, very good. So these are 10 things that Star Trek did that kind of changed, or I guess the motion picture did, that kind of changed the direction or added to uh, Star Trek. So, very cool. Very cool. Well, we had another anniversary come down the pike, and this was Lost in Space at turn 50. Um, Miles, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so last week, uh, Lost in Space uh, celebrated its 50th anniversary. And in honor of that anniversary, uh, there's going to be a 50th anniversary uh, box set of Blu-rays coming out uh, with seven hours of bonus material. I wasn't able to find when that's coming out, but I would assume they would probably try to do that before Christmas. 18 discs. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So if you are a diehard Lost in Space fan. Yeah, this, this, this would be something you want to have. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever watched the original series. My first indoctrination to Lost in Space was the uh, 
of the movie with Will, what's his name? Well, uh, William Hurt. Yeah, thank you. With William Hurt. Yeah. Yeah, the late nineties one. That wasn't bad. I mean, I I I, I, I liked enjoyed that one. it. Mm-hmm. It was the same villain from Fifth Element, right? Yes. Yeah. I forget his name, but it was an iconic villain. But. Yep. But and did any did any of you watch the uh, new series Lost in Space? Yes. No. No. Yes. We were talking about how we watched the '90s movie. Yeah. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, and that's the one I watched. The '90s. As children. <laughs> oh, which I was. <laughs> I did not watch it as a child, but I, I did enjoy it. But, yes. Thanks for rubbing that in, Chrissy. I love you too. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. You just talked earlier about how close to 50 you are. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Let's keep rubbing in. You're but, getting old. <laughs> but Dave, you saw the uh, you saw the newest series. Yeah, it is great. It is good. It's well done. It's well done. And it's definitely definitely with a better uh, better effects and um, Ooh, it makes yeah. it nice. And uh, Miles, did you see the new series? I did. I enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, but very good. Are they coming out with a second season for that one? Yeah, it's supposed to come out sometime in 2020. All right. So we have a lot of good sci-fi to look forward to coming up, at least. So Yes. Well, uh, so that kind of wraps it up for our show tonight. Uh, but before we go, we do have coming down the pike in about a week, in about two weeks or so, and we'll, we'll let you know the date. We are, we've been doing this sci-fi pilots thing where we look at a pilot um, that, that that has come out in the show, in, like we did Stargate um, and... A few weeks ago, we did uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and we looked at the we we take a look at the pilot, how successful it was, how it either led into the series, and whether the city series was successful or not, um, and how the pilot, how good of a job did the pilot do for setting up the series? Well, we are going back into the '90s and talking sliders for our next one, so we'll be going into uh, we'll be looking at that pilot in a couple weeks. And I'm kind of excited about that. I know there's going to be a lot of cheese factor in that one, but oh, yeah. there, there was a lot of cheese. There but. was, but I remember back in the day, I loved sliders. I just loved it. So. <laughs> I remember watching it as a teenager and, yeah. and liking it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. I was, I was closer to 50 when I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, all right, so that's coming up, and I believe that's about it. Uh, Miles, am I missing anything? Are we good here? We do the Anson, we have the Anson Mount interview we'll be releasing in the upcoming uh, week, so be able yes. to look out for that. And uh, Miles, anything else? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we covered it. Uh, all right, so uh, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show? All right, till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Leave your tips on the table. Later. <laughs> Go boldly. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.
This song, Photosynthesis, was created by Cool Cat, whose music can be found on YouTube. For more information on his music, please contact the Sci-Fi Diner podcast.